Energy Current podcast, where we'll be exploring themes related to shamanism and energy healing. On this path, we surrender into the current, allowing it to guide and take us wherever is most needed for healing and empowerment. So join me, Kim Lottis, shamanic practitioner and spiritual therapist, as we step into the energy current and watch the magic unfold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first episode of the Energy Current Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about initiations, thresholds, and reclamation, and how we move through cycles of death and rebirth. So I'm so excited to be starting this podcast, to be talking about some of the different themes that show up in my work with clients and my life and just that I generally see in the collective and how those relate to shamanism and energy healing. I'm excited to share all of this with you all. And wanted to start with just kind of the name, the energy current, and really where that that came to me from is just along this path of shamanism, I've really had to let go of perfectionism. I call myself a recovering perfectionist and trust and allow myself to kind of be guided and led and know that things are going to happen the way that they're meant to happen, that I don't have to plan everything out all the time, um, that I can just show up and be myself, share my voice, share what I have to offer. And really uh, this came about when I started leading my training program. In the beginning, the first couple of uh, sessions that we had, I was writing out all the notes and, you know, detail, detail, detail. And after a while, you know, maybe three or four sessions that we had, I was just given the message that, you know, part of the shamanic path is allowing we, we have an experience and then we watch what unfolds from it, just allowing myself to be guided and be in the moment and be present rather than kind of following a script and trying to anticipate everything that could happen or might happen and how long it will be. And the more that I let go of planning and just allowed myself to be, it really was beautiful of just watching how I would receive information, you know, maybe in the hour before they were, the students were coming or even just moment to moment while we were in the process of, no, we're not going to do that today, even though it was on the schedule. Uh, it feels like this is the right time to end. Uh, for today, like there's been enough information and that needs to be absorbed. And so really just, and it makes it a lot more of a fun process, I think for me, and probably ends up being more genuine and real as received on the other end. And that's part of this podcast is uh, I have an outline or an idea of, of where where we'll go each time, but I also leave it open and don't know. I step into the current and let the current lead us. Today's topic came to me just because, well, right now I'm in an initiation process and I, I am hearing from a lot of my clients and students that they are as well. And I think collectively, we are all in an initiation having gone through the pandemic and being in it still, having our lives changed in ways that we're not going to go back. 
things have changed and it's, you know, there's no going back to normal. We need to create a new normal. You know, these three words came to me, initiation, threshold, and reclamation. And um, I always like to look up definitions of things. Initiation is the act of beginning something. A threshold is the point of entering or a beginning. And reclamation is the process of claiming something back. For me, I feel like initiations can come on often, maybe out of the blue or just without us knowing or expecting them. Sometimes we we are prepared and, and kind of go willingly into an initiation, but oftentimes I feel like we are sort of thrown into the initiation. And within, so it's like the initiation happens and then there's a point where we cross the threshold where, as I was talking about before, it's like we're going, we're choosing whether willingly or unwillingly to cross that threshold. And as we do, there's not really a going back to how things were, even though we don't know in crossing the threshold how it's going to be on the other side. And in my experience, in being initiated, in crossing the threshold, at some point there then comes a reclamation and it can take a while, but this return to self, this remembering of parts of the self that maybe we had forgotten or left behind or lost along the way. For me, the going through this process of initiation, really, in the end, we end up with the gift of reclamation. This also just reminds me of the hero or the heroine's journey, you know, where we sort of, within that process, it's it's kind of this spiraling of this call to action, which again, I would say the initiation or the threshold, where then we cross over from the known reality of how things were or have been into the unknown. And within that unknown space, there are a lot of tests that were given. It's not like you pass the test or you don't, but just you're tested along the way. And then as you answer the call, it takes you down into darker places to your own depths, facing your shadow, having to look at things in a different way with a new lens from a different perspective. And then all of that kind of ends in this this climax point of meeting yourself in a different way. And again, I would call that the reclamation, coming to a new understanding of who you are and what you can move through and how you come out the other side. And in the hero's journey process, then there's a return home. And so sometimes there's kind of that resistance to returning home. And then eventually that sort of road back to where you first started. And once you've reached that point and integrated there, and it's like you can live in both worlds. You have, you remember the previous world that you were in before you were initiated, but now you also come out the other side with a very different perspective, viewpoint. And so it's like, there's this ability for you to understand 
what you had previously known and yet also be living from maybe a higher state of consciousness, having more compassion or a more open heart, but that in some way you are changed and have taken and used everything that has happened along this journey to really bring you to a new point in your life. And then I think the final piece is really then sharing and offering what what you've been through so that it can be of service to others, so that it may help others as they're moving through some of their darker moments and difficult times, and that there is a way through and into something else on the other side. And I've been through quite a few initiations over the last decade and certainly, you know, my whole life. But I think over the last decade, I think back to, it's been almost 10 years, I think, uh, since I went through a divorce. And that was, I think, probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest initiation for me, because at that point, I felt like I understood how life worked and, you know, how things were supposed to be. That if you, and this would be conditioning that I received, like if you work hard and do what you're supposed to do, then good things will come to you and take care of others and, and offer help and support. And then eventually you will be rewarded for that or that in relationship, if you want it badly enough, and if you are, you and your partner are in love and and work on things together that you can make it through anything. So a lot of, you know, a lot of, I would say had a lot of naive ideas, which many of us do, you know, more innocent ideas until challenging times come to us. And So as I was going through my divorce, it felt devastating. It was unexpected and it, it shattered that reality that I had lived in and my understanding of how the world worked. And really, I think that's what initiations often do is to sort of crumble the idea of how things were and how things maybe we think are supposed to go and we begin to see that, oh, that's not exactly how life works. And I would say the biggest gifts of going through that process of being in this total unknown of, I had been in this relationship for 11 years for most of my adult life and not knowing what life would be like to be single again, how I would move through this and and sort of create a new life for myself. And yet exactly that going through that process in which I would say, and again, kind of calling this maybe the biggest initiation, I uh, resisted along the way much of what was happening. I remember being in therapy at the time and and just constantly my therapist kind of asking me the question of, but is that reality? So saying, say like, well, I want my ex-husband to come back and tell me he loves me and that he wants to be with me. And the therapist would be like, is that what's happening right now? It's like, no, then you're fighting reality. And if you're fighting reality, reality wins. You don't win. Reality wins. And really, when I look back, 
surrendering into the process might have, likely would have made it much more a much more gentle process than me constantly fighting it. And again, I know I needed to go through that to learn the lessons, to learn to be more in reality than in kind of this, we could call it fantasy or just idealizing people, situations, again, my expectations and really learning to stay present in reality and what is actually happening and moving from that place. And so that was one of the biggest kind of gifts and lessons that I needed to learn through in going through that process. And sort of the next initiation that came was a few years later when my three and a half month old nephew passed away. He had two holes in his heart and his heart ended up failing. And I remember just the denial when I heard because I couldn't believe or understand how a young baby could be taken. I just, I, I think that's probably the, one of the, up until that point in my view, like I couldn't imagine that situation for anybody. And here my sister was going through it and our family me losing this sweet little baby. And that was actually the point where I finally accepted the invitation that had been showing up for me ever since my divorce of saying yes to the shamanic path. I had been receiving different signs, just people mentioning shamanism. The idea of a soul retrieval had been very intriguing to me. I had a book about it, just some different things that had been calling to me, but I'd sort of been ignoring that. And in the just shock and heartache and not understanding how this could possibly happen uh, was when I, I feel like that was a moment of surrender. I need, I need help. I don't know how to get through this. And so that was when I ended up finding a shaman in the area where I was, who helped me uh, to begin to journey and meet my guides. And then And so that I would say was the answering of the call and where it really kind of spiraled me down into my depths. And that ended up looking like uh, eventually taking a trip to the Amazon jungle to participate in eight ayahuasca ceremonies with the Shipibo shamans. And it's so funny because I generally do a lot of research and preparation and want to understand things. And, and actually it's funny and not funny. It's very shamanic that I didn't because again, in shamanism, we don't, even if we try to research, it's like, we're going to have an experience and our experience isn't necessarily going to be what anybody else's was. It's uniquely our own. And you have to go and have the experience and then allow it to sort of integrate and unravel. And then you understand sort of why things happened. But again, it just was out of character that I didn't really research ayahuasca or I had had a friend who had gone into this retreat center and done the medicine there. And so I think, and I trusted the teacher who was leading it 
there was a mixture of like uh, Buddhist practices and shamanism. And so the teacher of Buddhism, I had been going to her center, for lack of a better word, in Oakland for a while. And some of the ceremonies were very sweet and light and fun. And one in particular felt like I had died and I didn't know where I was going. And really it was sort of taking me into my own psyche, these experiences of shame, distrust, feeling like a disappointment, all these things that I had been carrying inside, messaging uh, the ways that I had perceived things. And so it was really giving me kind of the experience of all that definitely was a very like shattering (laughs) experience that took me years to really understand what had happened and yet also gave me such a gift because I left that. So it was a two week uh, trip to the jungle and I left there. I came back to uh, the job I was working at where I was living in Oakland at the time. And within two weeks, it was just like, I knew a voice deep within said, it was like, I can't keep living like this. I'm not really living. I'm watching my life pass me by. And this voice within said that I needed to move home to San Diego where I'd grown up and where I'd said I would never return. (laughs) And of course, never say never. So that voice, I knew I had to listen to it. I, I feel like that was part of the lesson learned from maybe my divorce, that that voice had, had spoken to me before and I didn't really listen to it. And so I knew that it knew better than I did, better than sort of my thinking mind did. I guess I would call it the voice of my soul. And I knew that I had to listen to it or I, that I could ignore it, but that in some way I would still end up back home. So I just chose to listen and gave notice at my job and where I was living. And I think, yeah, within, so within two months of that trip, I ended up having, finding myself in a U-Haul driving back down to San Diego to stay with family, to take some time off of work, to process everything that had, had been surfaced through those uh, ceremonies in Peru and really, I wanted to, I feel like, I, I feel, yeah, that at that point, kind of my life had been built on this faulty foundation. Even my marriage, I think, got built around what I thought I was supposed to do, what society says you're supposed to do, kind of the timing and the ages, and this is the next step, and this, and this, and and really what the opportunity that was being given to me was to create, what do I want? What are my values? How do I want to live my life and start to build that foundation so that the foundation was solid and I could then continue to create the life that I wanted for myself. And I ended up, yeah, coming back home, taking almost a year off of work. And in that time, found a training program to become certified as the shamanic practitioner And within that training program, doing a lot more healing work on myself. And part of what I love about 
shamanism and shamanic practices is there is, you know, there is some talk and kind of like mental trying to understand mentally what's going on, but then it takes it into different and deeper layers. So then there's energetic healing and clearing. There is uh, connecting with guides and, and great spirit and mother earth. So we're getting to connect with these other like natural forces around us that can also help us and heal us. And we get to have experiences and they keep mentioning this. So, you know, a shamanic journey with drumming or an energy clearing or a soul retrieval or a process of uh, shadow work called feeding your demons. And in these experiences, it's not my mind trying to understand something. It's these like visceral felt experiences in my body and kind of messages and things that have been stored, wisdom that has been stored in my body that gets to come through and messages and wisdom from guidance beyond our, you know, traditional physical reality that when we tap into, we recognize we do have so much support and so much wisdom and guidance around us that we can access. And so I got to really dive deep into that. And, and then, yeah, that really felt kind of like the reclamation for me of, of particularly in soul retrieval, we bring back parts of the soul that have left the body because, um, because of traumas, because it was painful and we bring those parts back. And when we do, there is more of a sense of wholeness, a remembering again of, of who I am, not who I think I should be or who the world has told me it is okay to be uh, or who my family thinks maybe I should be. It's like really coming to know myself, which has been such a blessing and a gift and living my life according to my own rules, my own creating my own rules for myself, creating my own values, my own definition of success and living in alignment with that. And again, then, then coming to this point of, of living in two worlds, which hero's journey, like we said, it's like, so um, now on the other side, I feel like I've, I've gone through these depths and darkness and I, I now have so much more compassion for others and know how to help guide them through that and through their process when they're going through that, their own depths and darkness. And then in shamanism, we also talk about living in two worlds, like one foot in this physical reality and one foot in the unseen, the non-ordinary reality, the uh, these different, you know, like shamanic states, theta brainwave state, quantum field, being able to go into these other states and other realities and bring back that wisdom here to for myself and for others into this physical world. So it's really been such a gift. Uh, the as much as you know, as painful as uh, those two particular initiations were, they've really led me on this path to come back home. And that is, you know, I think sometimes 
people live their whole lives and, and are sort of stuck in that space of what they think they're supposed to do or who they think they're supposed to be and don't ever get the chance to come back to who they really are. And so I'm really just so grateful for these initiations for crossing the thresholds and then for the reclamation that comes from that. And now in my work and previously I was a licensed therapist and doing traditional talk therapy, which felt somewhat draining to me sometimes was hard to be, to, it felt like, and for me, and I've had to learn practices of, I would carry the weight, you know, of, of what my clients were going through and what we were talking about. And now in the work that I do, it's integrating the understanding the psychology, but then bringing in the shamanic practices, the energy, the being able to journey into other worlds, being able to receive wisdom from our guides, being able to tap into and trust our inner inner intuition. And I love the work that I do now. It is so fun. And there's, yeah, there's a playfulness about it where I remember I had a client who just each week would be like, what are we going to do this week? This is so exciting because it's all new. Well, it's new a lot of times to people and there's just so many different places we can go and we don't know where we're going to end up. We don't know what's going to happen. And that makes it so fun and magical. And part of the magic of it too, is like from these experiences, from the journeys, from soul retrieval, as we integrate these into our lives, we also start to see synchronicities, little things showing up that kind of remind us that we are, all of this is part of something bigger than just us. You know, it's not just us. There are uh, guides around us. There are, uh, we are being supported. We are being held and getting to experience that just, it makes life a lot more fun kind of looking for, you know, like, oh, I, I had a grasshopper come to me in my journey. And then the next day, like, 10 grasshoppers show up, you know, little things like that, that it's just like, huh, that uh, just continue to happen. And the more they happen, the more we just trust and understand that we are being supported, that we are not alone. And so that was, yeah, kind of where I think I wanted to go. And I think one more thing that's kind of keeps coming is again, I think to this idea of surrender that has been so surrender and trust. And for me, the having been through those two initiations and now being in another initiation, that's just sort of starting for me, I really have allowed myself to rather than go into like, why is this happening? I can't believe it. I don't understand it. It's like just surrender and and trust that I am being guided, that I may not understand everything now, but eventually down the road, I will. And if I can just be as present as possible and allow this initiation to take place, that I am going to be led somewhere and I'm going, there's going to be more gifts, more integration, more and better understanding of who I am, 
what I'm here to do. And so I just, I hope that you think about maybe some of the initiations that you've gone through and the lessons you've learned from them and the gifts that they have ended up revealing, which often we don't recognize the gift until, you know, looking back in retrospect when we're in it, it it can be hard to access the gifts, but also just thinking about where you are on your path and within your journey. And I would love to hear from you uh, where you're at on your path, any of your initiations. And I would also love if you have ideas or things you'd like to hear about on this podcast. I am excited to be exploring different themes that tend to show up for me or things that I'm excited about and also want to know what you would love to know because I want to be able to speak to that and offer that to you as well. So thank you for tuning in to this very first episode of The Energy Current, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.